0: Welcome to the Tech Research Podcast. We connect research-driven professionals working within the sports technology ecosystem. The show is brought to you by STRN, Tech Research Network. Your host for today is Christophe De Meij. So, hi everyone. Uh, Today we have George, George Kabua from um, a startup called Solos. And uh, I'm especially excited about this uh, conversation today because uh, George was able to launch a startup back in the days. Um, He will explain us more about this, of course, based on uh, some work being done in the Technical University of Munich. And um, he was able to do an exit recently. And this is, uh, for me, very exciting. So, uh, hi, George. How are you?
1: Hi, Christoph. Thanks for having me. I'm fine. What about you? Hope everything is going well.
0: Yeah, well, uh, indeed. And I hope uh, we're entling, entering uh, normal life again soon. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm full of hope. Let's say we... Uh, uh, we get rid of all the all the bad things that COVID brought us and we can uh, yeah, improve our lives, our lives again uh, related to sports but of course also in general. Uh, but uh, overall doing good, thank you very much.
1: Great, great. Uh, I've been living in Germany for almost 10 years now and um, as Christoph mentioned I founded a company called Solos back uh, in uh, late 2016 while participating in a seminar called Think, Make, Start, which is organized by the Technical University of Munich as well as UnternehmerTum, which is uh, a big entrepreneurship center based close to uh, Technical University of Munich. And the idea of this seminar was basically to connect students from different disciplines uh, to cooperate with each other and develop an idea. So it was also for me the first case when I actually had to work together with the software engineers and electrical engineers. Uh, and I'm myself coming from the business side as a business student of business administration. And during this Think-Make Start seminar, the idea is to develop a fully functional prototype uh, which solves the particular issue. Uh, in our case, we started first with a mirror for bathroom, which shows, let's say, virtual content funny content to the children how to brush the teeth for instance so kind of an interaction
0: oh interesting it started there with a different use case mm-hmm.
1: absolutely it was a completely different use case um we did some interviews within two weeks and uh we identified that the potential for this kind of mirror uh would be really big in the fitness industry and that's why how we uh, that's why we created Solos, uh, a digital fitness mirror which measures the body movements from the distance and shows instant real-time feedback from the mirror surface. Now, shortly after uh, everything got accelerated, we got accepted at Tech Founders, which is uh, one of the premium accelerator programs here in Munich. Uh, then we won ISPO Brand New Digital Award 2017 um and it showed us how big the potential truly is in this particular product. And then we conducted some first um uh pilot projects with the fitness centers, summarized the feedback, collected the feedback and uh, tried to implement it in our products in, in the newer versions. Um by the end of twenty seventeen, early twenty eighteen we um we uh, raised in high six digit investment round we closed the round and um also developed the product further so we switched from prod from the prototype to an actual product um, the idea was to offer the devices to the fitness centers and shortly after we also identified that the hotels and also corporates have an interest for these devices um by the end of 2019 or mid of 2019 we found out that there is a a necessity to cooperate with the um, with a strategic partner, and that's why we decided to start a certain collaboration. And uh, then we think I, I think it was there was a potential of a acquisition of the company, and that's how we proceeded with these negotiations. And the deal was closed in February two thousand twenty. So it was the right timing before Corona, obviously. And uh, yes, that's pretty much it—a it really short
0: summary. Summary of what, what happened. Yeah. Well, interesting. Maybe maybe to go back, uh, let's say, where it all started. Could you elaborate a little bit on the role of the university versus you as a student and and the team, and to what extent, let's say, um, the university was involved, um, stayed involved. Um, is there any, let's say, uh, IP of the university involved? Yes or no. Um, could you uh, elaborate a little bit on that? Yep. So, uh, first of
1: all, I'm really thankful to the Technical University of Munich that they actually provided me with this kind of resources. I even imagine when I started studying uh, or when I applied to the Technical University of Munich, literally my first sentence was I want to found a company and I think the your university is the uh, most suited one yeah and uh, the university calls himself an entrepreneurial university which says a lot and um, basically this collaboration between Unternehmertum which is an entrepreneurship center independent entrepreneurship center and the uh, on the other side we have the technical university this collaboration creates a really great cluster where the students from the muni- from the university are allowed or are capable of getting in touch with the entrepreneurship center, which is independent, this is an important part, I think, and which is growing really fast. So what they do is they offer these different courses and seminars in collaboration with Unternehmer, with this center, and uh, that's how actually I was able to participate in this seminar because I knew that I am I'm getting the credits. I got six ECTS for uh, for this course. And at the same time, it's kind of a first step you can make to this entrepreneurship center. And I think this collaboration between the educational center and entrepreneurship center made it possible to start something. And we are one of few examples, uh, one of many examples where uh, young entrepreneurs and actually founded startups starting from some seminars when, where they met each other. And, Uh, The Munich is providing us with seminars, courses, credits and link and bridge and Unternehmertum, the Entrepreneurship Center takes the whole project and basically makes it big with mentorship programs, incubators, accelerators, and I think this is a perfect um, example. Uh, Regarding the IP, um, in our case, no. Um, uh, it, It was developed completely on our own. The university was not really
0: yeah, it was not based on it was not based on technical research by Professor X Y Z and PhD students here and there. It was uh, let's say uh, a master students uh, projects, and you developed the whole thing yourself. Yeah, okay. Well, this is this is uh, this is I think the dream of many people working in that student entrepreneurship area. In Gend University, we also have a similar program with different people involved, and they they offer all kinds of. Um, uh, coaching and, and seminars, I, I think a little bit, uh, a little bit the same, and it's uh, it's of course very nice if you see that also where um, particular results are are coming out of it.
1: Yeah, and maybe I also have to mention that except this entrepreneurship center, also the university itself has his own uh, uh, mentorship programs, uh, some additional support in house support. But I think um, to actually bring it further and to actually make it big, a certain project, it's necessary for the entrepreneurship center to be independent because um, otherwise there might be some boundaries and barriers or institutional barriers or some uh, bureaucratical barriers as well, which could be kind of impairments to actually develop the startup. So uh, I think uh, there should be a perfect balance. The university has to do his own stuff and at the same time the entrepreneurship center has to do their own one
0: yeah yeah right uh also seems like you were let's say an entrepreneur from uh, from from the start no have you have you been always that entrepreneurial or did you really find that talent uh, during your time at the technical university uh
1: well as i said in my motivational letter when i started studying bachelor at the munich um i stated that my goal is to found the company I remember, um, I mean, when I was in the 10th grade, I actually wanted to study law, like the jurisdiction, because my whole family comes from this field. But then, I don't know why, uh, the interest in technology, interest in entrepreneurship and I remember these were times when Tesla was growing big and big and there was Elon Musk and obviously all the other big entrepreneurs. Um, It just uh, inspiring, I think, and also really interesting because it's not like sitting in an office. At least from from my perspective, that's what I enjoy to be involved in several fields.
0: Yeah, well, we often tell the students it's the, it's the perfect time to um, try to start up a company when you're still a student. Eh? You don't have to uh, pay loans and 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 uh, take care of the children, uh, etc. Absolutely. Okay fantastic. Um uh, maybe this second question is about okay what are the lessons learned during during uh, those first years? Uh what were let's say the key achievements and the key success factors um that led actually to the to the positive results meaning the product got uh, more mature, it got traction from the markets.
1: Yeah, so um in my opinion if somebody asks me like what was the most important part. I mean, everyone knows how important the team is. I mean, this is really, really by far the most important part in a startup. And from my experience, I would rather go bankrupt in a good team than um, really be successful and achieve some huge uh, achievements um, in a bad team. I mean, in the beginning you have to know Everything looks really nice. You are creating a new product. Everyone is really enthusiastic. Everyone is really, um, like, you might be even hyped if you have an innovative product. But when it comes to an actual business, when you actually leave this really, really early stage, then that's when you actually see how difficult it is to bring something on the market to achieve this, actually to sell the product. And that's why the team has to hold together and you have to have this trust. In your co-founders that you, i mean if you like that's how you are able to sleep well during the night because otherwise really <laughs> yeah. it's it's a really stressful process it's not um it's not always that beautiful because as i remember 99 percent of my time i was trying to solve some problem. that's what you are dealing with all the time there's always problems the second one is this so-called product market fit or accepted customer benefit i think it's crucial to understand the psychology of the market for for you as a founder and i'm not saying you have to understand the numbers or the the growth rate of the market because it's i mean it's a number but you have to understand how the market thinks and how the stakeholders and actors in this market are actually um, acting uh, that's how we were able to achieve this product market fit.
0: And how how is the fitness market thinking? Because your product is uh, oriented then in mm-hmm. the end towards um, yeah fitness wellness yeah. Uh, well well being uh, vitality as it is also called. Uh, what are let's say the key keywords uh, when you talk about okay this is how this uh, ecosystem is thinking?
1: Well, I think fitness market is really is a really complicated one. First of all, you have these B2B fitness centers, which have a completely different demand from my, in my opinion, than B2C customers. That's why I, I, it took me some, some months and maybe even one and a half years to understand how the market thinks, because you have different stakeholders there. You have the fitness trainers, you have the fitness managers, and you have the users. And it makes everything really complicated because your product has to satisfy the users, like the actual customers in the fitness center. Uh, It has to satisfy your own customers, so fitness center managers. And also the product has to be seen as a positive one from the trainer's side.
0: Maybe coming back to the product, indeed, uh, it's an inter- interesting time to explain a little bit better to the listeners what's the, what's the product exactly. But then also, uh, based on what you just said, so the needs of the different stakeholders, how that relates to the specific features that you need to, needed to build in the product to actually make them happy.
1: So the product uh, is um, it's a fitness mirror, so it's a hardware product, which has inbuilt sensors and the sensors are detecting the body movements from the distance, so the user doesn't have to wear anything on the body. And uh, based on the data, we are giving instant real-time feedback on the mirror surface. So basically, the user can see his or her body reflection on the mirror, plus some augmented reality elements via inbuilt monitor, which is built in, be, behind this two-sided mirror. So that's how this uh, image is created. Uh, the mirror is focusing on free and functional training. Um, so training with dumbbells or also yoga. Now, regarding the second part, the understanding or demands of the of the stakeholders. Now, we actually underestimated um, uh, the demands from each side. We actually focused too much on the uh, requirements for the users. So the people who will actually train. But we completely... Um, underestimated the demands from the trainers or psychology of trainers and also for the of the fitness center managers. For example, when we did our first pilot project, we we interviewed, I think over 150 users and did some qualitative interviews. So we had a huge amount of content and we adjusted the product in a way that the user has really fun by using it. And even in this user segment, we had some difficulties because professionals have completely different requirements than the beginners
0: yeah exactly of course within those users you even have many subcategories of of users Uh, and 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 then again you need to deal with that of course
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah okay very interesting so we already talked a little bit about how it started also your personal ambitions and how yeah, the importance of the team uh, came in also about the product and the, the product market fits. Um, maybe going back a little bit to the research aspects. Uh, to what extent did you use existing scientific knowledge? And to what extent did you do research yourselves? You already talked about many uh, user research that you uh, have done. And then also how does that relate to the ip situation Um, because i can also imagine um, you need to evaluate uh, freedom to operate Uh, you want to maybe patent some aspects of the technology yourself could you elaborate a little bit more on those aspects
1: now in the beginning we did the development on our own so the core team but then since all of us were coming from the technical university of munich we knew that there are certain opportunities to partner with the university chairs. For example, regarding the development, uh, there is a so-called uh, a, a program, so-called interdisciplinary project, uh, IDP, uh, for computer science students. And it allows them to, like, it allows us as a startup to collaborate with the students. And the students are getting credits and they do some project and um, have to work for uh, for this startup. So gain practical experience and insight how the processes work. And it was a huge help for us because obviously in the beginning you don't really have that much resources to actually finance all of this stuff. And what we did was we were trying to make all, the whole environment really student-based and also student-friendly because we were on ourselves students. So, what we did was use this particular program to develop and make more research and development. Um, we did exactly the same for the business administration, which is, in my opinion, a huge part of the business as well. Um, in, in case of uh, business administration, the, uh, we have a program called um, Project Study. Which is either three times, three months full time or six months part time, and there the students in uh, groups of two to five people, I think, have to work also for a company and do a certain project and they get credit for it, which which is mandatory in bachelors.
0: Yeah, and you you as a startup you don't have to pay for the students' work.
1: Yes, It's allowed not to pay, but if you want to pay, you can pay. But as I said, if, when you are a startup. I mean, you don't really have any kind of resources available.
0: No, So it's more based on, let's say, mutual learning, uh, the motivation of the students and their interests in the startup's projects.
1: Yes, exactly. exactly. So it's more practical experience, like a mandatory uh, internship. And it helped us a lot because, first of all, we could actually uh, get some support, especially in the beginning, and at the same time
0: gain more access to the university. So more network, more contacts and so on yeah did you also deep dive into let's say the the biomechanical aspects of things or uh, behavioral change aspects as to how how to create motivational technologies yeah how how far did you go
1: yeah yeah this is a really nice question because I, actually it was the next step what so what we did was we got in touch with the uh, the sports faculty of TU munich and um, this the sports faculty is obviously a really R and D uh, based and really deep uh, into this research of biomechanics, ergonomics, and all this stuff. And what we did was we could actually start some R and D projects, uh, bachelor thesis, master thesis. But I remember we were in the middle of investment round and it was. Getting too complicated to actually have so many open projects ongoing, so we decided to not to.
0: And and you weren't you weren't a student yourself anymore at that time, or or you were?
1: I was I was still a student. I was, and w- what we did with the sports faculty was, and I think this was one of the most helpful things. We went to the chair, the sports faculty of uh, university, and they organized several meetings with all these phd students or P- PhDs, uh professors and i presented there and i had this chance to get their feedback and as you said regarding the motivation uh regarding the biomechanics
0: that's a huge accomplishment that as a as a young startup uh the the senior people uh were willing to spend time on that i mean uh, c- congrats what how did you convince them um, <laughs> chocolates yeah, beer was...
1: <laughs> anything else <laughs> Well, first of all, the idea is Innovate. It's a so-called eye-catcher product, something um, you have not seen yet.
0: It attracted their attention anyway.
1: Yes, but at the same time, I mean, they could also have denied, right? But I I really love that they were so open uh, to actually meet with us and discuss the possible issues or possible changes. And imagine you have their experienced people who have... Huge amount of know how in motivational factors and so on and um uh, I think it helped us a lot and um, maybe in the future, if we had not said sold the company or maybe the uh, buy uh, the company which acquired us will continue this cooperation because I think uh, you can do so many r and d projects with them, imagine motivational research for with master students or bachelor students just focusing on these elements i think it's, it's really
0: huge yeah yeah cool uh, yeah very nice uh, what you have done there um we already also touched upon the aspect of multidisciplinary uh, research and development and the link between different expertise fields um were there also let's say other um, companies involved in the development of your products? Uh, did you get any any grants from governments? Uh, did you have other people, for example, mentors coming from totally different sectors? Uh, so within that area, let's say, looking at uh, inputs from totally different fields, how did you approach your project in, in that regard?
1: Uh, regarding the companies which were involved, we did the in-house development, obviously took some products, existing on the market as well but the core development was in-house
0: that was mainly hardware
1: software both both in the beginning it was both and i think it was a mistake to develop the hardware in-house because uh, it was a huge pain but we realized it afterwards now as often when you grow uh, the demand is increasing so you can't really offer some kind of prototype to your customer and that's why we also partnered with some outsourcing companies for a particular fields such as UI and UX design. Also, in this case, it was necessary to cooperate with the agency which has an idea about UI and UX in sports industry because I think it's completely different when you work in a sports and fitness industry since it's a psychology, like I don't know, psychology and emotional-based activities everything has to be smooth during the training uh, also for the hardware for example on later stage and i think it was too late we ha- we should have done it before because uh, like for the listeners uh, if you do something in the future uh, you have to focus on your own skill set and try to get as many experts as possible on board it means when you I, when you say that you are not an expert in hardware then you shouldn't really start to become an expert in hardware. You have to find someone because time is really valuable. Open innovation. Exactly. Um, regarding the grants, first of all, the Entrepreneurship Center, UnternehmerTum gave us some prototyping grants in the beginning, uh, right after this seminar, before we actually founded or launched the company officially. It was, um, <clears throat> I think, 1,000 euros or something for first prototype, then 5,000.
0: Little amounts of money.
1: But for the student, it's a lot. I mean, you as a student know that somebody actually gave you a grant and believes in the idea and gives you even more motivation. And at Tech Founders, we got 25,000 uh, euros as a grant. Uh, and also we won... Uh, European Space Agency business incubator grant 20, uh, it was 50,000 which is partly funded by the government uh, but also for the other startups there are so many opportunities
0: then then there was a first investor on boards how did how did that go what were let's say the uh, advices or the the tips you want to um, to uh, to share with uh, the listeners on how to approach let's say a first investor round
1: uh, regarding this, how to find the investor, it's really time-consuming. It lasts longer than you think, like a first couple of months. Or you are you are lucky. I mean, in average.
0: And you, the 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 whole team was still able to finish the the study program. Yeah, because indeed it I can imagine it it took uh, it took uh, a lot of time outside of the lessons to actually accomplish this.
1: Well, I remember that in my case, uh, I was back then still in my bachelor's and. I wrote part of a big part of my bachelor's thesis in the underground, like in, in the train <laughs> yeah. going in the morning. Yeah, it took me uh, one hour or something, one way, because it's far away. And one, like, that's how we managed to finish the study. But uh, luckily, it was in the beginning. I mean, in the beginning of the startup when we were writing the bachelor's thesis and so on. And uh, what the university is also allowing is you can get an um, uh, vacation semester, so-called vacation semester, if you founded a company. And which It's a huge help. It means you they give you six months so you can take care of the business, basically, and then you, you can continue studying. Now, back to this you know, investor um, uh, search, um, we were trying to participate in as many events as possible so people can actually see you. To find an investor, it's not really an easy job, especially in the beginning, if you have no contact, it's always complicated. You could, of course, try to find them on LinkedIn or uh, contact them on your own.
0: You need to go out of the building.
1: Yeah, you, you, they have to see you and also you have to find people who know people and who can introduce you to the investors because investors are getting hundreds of pitch decks every year. So. Are, the chance that they even read your email is really low, and I mean they can oversee your LinkedIn message as well.
0: Yeah. yeah. A nice quote that I that I often use, um, and 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 it states, uh, "You never got the second chance to make the first impression." Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. It seems like you're a you're a, a talented uh, entrepreneur from from the starts, uh, Georgie.
1: I mean, when I see my first pitch deck, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a
0: disaster. Yeah, I can I can imagine, but you're you're very open to to learn and eager eager to um, to realize things. I uh, already noted in the short conversations that we already had. It's really really inspiring. Georgi, next question is a little bit more general, uh, and it relates to the role that research uh, plays, could play, should play, would would play, whatever, meaning. How do you see the role that universities uh, in general and research in general actually plays when it comes to innovation in the real world? I mean, do you have a particular view on that? Um, And it also relates to another question is, okay, what's the type of research you missed? Or what's the type of research based on your experience and and the case that you worked on, of course? yeah, what would be highly relevant that research groups focus on in the future?
1: Now, I was really surprised to see how many different projects um, and new ideas are actually born in the universities. This is really remarkable. Many people think these R&D processes are all like only some only theoretical or too boring or uh, non-practical. I was really surprised how many cool ideas can be actually researched. And that's why... To get this access uh, structure, it would be maybe it's a collaboration or maybe some other. This is truly important to allow this R&D to actually come on the market, because in my opinion, you can play around as long as you can, but people have to benefit and the world has to benefit with it, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, in my opinion, there there are, of course, um, many options as to how the research could actually translate to real-life results and, in the end, new products and services on the market. But one thing for sure, in my opinion, is that, uh, of course, the academic world is organized within, you could say, verticals, uh, faculties and departments uh, and then uh, research groups. And what often happens um, is that, uh, yeah, researchers within those different research groups start working on a particular idea. Uh, But what is lacking there is the complementary expertise from other fields uh, that is there if you look at it from, let's say, an innovation funnel point of view. So often, often I think, multidisciplinary research and development is already a a first good step. But then in the end, indeed, of course, projects where one particular research group collaborates with industry is, of course, another way to uh, we call it valorization. You could you could also call it technology transfer, of yeah, course. Yeah. Uh, and then you have just as uh, as you did the whole entrepreneurship and uh, student entrepreneurship and, and and spin-off or spin-out type of projects or, or licensing out technologies. Or there are many uh, different options. Options, but uh, just as, as you said, I think uh, it should be complemented with other people, both both from within the university uh, or out of the university and this will drastically in- increase the chance that yeah research don't ends up in nice publications and PhDs, which is very valuable. But of course, it's even more valuable if the uh, technologies could also be developed further and in the end, brought to-, brought to the market and actually used by a much broader audience.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I completely agree. Uh, you, as a small example, two weeks seminar, Think Make Start, where we started the idea was adjusted uh, so many times within two weeks, not because i I wanted to change something, but because the people let's say computer engineers software engineers who were developing this, they gave me the feedback it would be more efficient to do something else i'm i from my side as a business administration did some other research and used my insights to give some other feedback and that's basically. I mean, in the end, we were also doing R&D, right? I mean, we were doing research and development for this computer vision, posture detection, motion tracking. So, obviously, um, we also needed certain direction. Where are we focusing with R&D? And it was only able, we were only able to do so when everybody gave a certain feedback from their own disciplines. And uh, that's why I absolutely agree. Obviously, the university is a bigger scale, but there are also there is also someone from the business administration part. There is also someone from other parts, and that's how it, the, the R and D can be actually forward in in a way better way.
0: Yeah. So uh, I think it's also a good example, and this is one of the reasons why we have the podcast and we want to share the story. A good example for other students who are doubting a little bit maybe whether or not they should start with a, a project themselves and and try to create something new. I think you uh, you have proven that it's actually realistic, and I'm sure you learned a lot.
1: Well, I can say that this experience is really unique. This is really really great, and I think um, um, everyone has to test it at least at least once.
0: Well, I'm I'm starting a sports technology and innovation course uh, after summer, and I will definitely advise the students to hear your story and listen listen to the podcasts. <laughs>
1: can follow the email my email or LinkedIn profile as well
0: I'll do that yeah maybe two last things first what's next for you and uh, your future endeavors I mean you're you got rich now with the uh, with the exits <laughs> and start I'll tra- uh, start traveling around or uh, have other ideas um,
1: well I thought I would uh, do a break uh, or and relax but doing nothing is also really boring and that's why Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in fact i'm i'm looking for some new projects i have several in my mind Mm
0: -hmm. um,
1: which are really interesting and when you do something for the second time you uh, it's really difficult to explain and that's why i would encourage everyone to try to learn this practice to get this practical experience Mm -hmm. because then you have understanding of many different fields unfortunately you don't really have an understanding of one particular field on a really really high level. But the benefit is you fully understand the marketing side, the possible issues, Mm -hmm. possible issues from the investors, potential questions from the investors, and the SWOT analysis in advance, basically. And uh, there are many interesting projects um, also for health. Some fitness apps might be also possible.
0: Mm -hmm. Who knows? I'm. I'm yeah, I will. Uh, I will follow it closely, uh, Georgie. What you. What you will be doing. Very last question. Totally different one. Uh, do you have a particular product or service that you really, really like? Uh, and 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 why is that?
1: Uh, you mean in the fitness industry?
0: It could be uh, in or out of the sports field. Uh. Um,
1: for the fitness industry, um, uh, I think Peloton really remarkable. So um, Peloton is basically a fitness device, like fitness equipment for cycling. It's a mix of software and hardware, right? Mm -hmm. But what they did is, first of all, they have a really simple fitness device. Everyone knows how to uh, use a bicycle, right? So cycling, everyone is familiar with this. You have to sit and move your legs, basically. Uh, So it's really easy to use. At the same time, they use the colors and design in a way that it, it is really dynamic. It's not a boring kind of metal hardware. It's really dynamic, which improves the motivation of the user. Mm-hmm. It's not a complicated device to use. It's really simple, and it makes you to really um, exhaust yourself and really train. And I think this is the biggest challenge for the fitness equipment manufacturer to motivate the user.
0: Yeah, we'll uh, check it out and, and, and add the link to the uh, podcast descriptions. Wow, George, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we uh, talked about very different things, uh, many things, um, your personal experiences, um, your, your, your story as, a, as an entrepreneur, the link with the university. Thanks again for your time. Uh, keep in touch and um, yeah, see you in the future.
1: Yeah, thanks for inviting me and having me. This was a sports tech research podcast podcast presented to you by
0: strn an initiative of kent university did you like this episode make sure to check out our website strn.co and
1: let's get in touch